Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Leverage and Beverage, a show about business and some of the best beverages on the planet, where we hear stories and talk about strategy and the process of building, growing, and actualizing business ideas. The goal of this podcast, again, is to create leverage and learn how to get from where you are to where you want to go, whether that's in business, hobbies, or wherever you find your passion. We want to explore that and extract as much value as we can. I'm Greg Sobosinski, and today on the show, we have Jackie Stilley of Body Lab. Jackie, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Greg? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So um, Body Lab, you, we kind of met through my brother who met you at a coffee shop. So let's kind of backtrack here for a second. Sure. Um, I heard the idea and I thought it was super cool. So let's just kind of jump in. What What is Body Lab? Sure. Body Lab is a muscle recovery studio. So our job is one, to prevent injuries, but two, hopefully get you to the point where you're not even worried about that. So we use professional recovery tools that you'll find at, you know, D1 athletics or the professional setting. And we're bringing it to the community. Uh, And my goal is to help people not be sore and fall off the bandwagon of their fitness journey. Where, where did you come up with this idea? Because I think we see a lot of, um, you know, athletic training type stuff in institutions like universities, colleges, you know, maybe like um, PT settings but this is almost like a retail shop that's geared toward athletic training. So wh- where'd that idea idea come from? Sure. So my background is a certified athletic trainer. So the past decade, I worked uh, with a D1 basketball team, volleyball team, and a couple of different teams throughout uh, my career. And we had all of these things to use to keep our players on the court safely um, and doing their best. So in my head, you know, as I got older, uh, my friends and I are a little bit more sore uh, people would get hurt and I would be able to evaluate them, but it would have nothing to kind of treat them and help them out along the way or, or prevent them from getting there. So I thought, Hey, why not create a studio where anyone can come, whether you're a, you know, professional prospect or just yeah, an yeah. average Joe, I call them weekend warriors, <laughs> which I can, cause I am one. <laughs> <laughs> so h- how long have you guys been open for and how long have you been doing this? Sure. So officially open July, 2020, we were marked to open March, 2020, which was not my best plan. Um, uh, I don't think it was anybody's no, best plan. No. So, but it worked out. So we're going to be in business for two years this July. Wow. That's awesome. So it seems like the the demand, the demand is there. Yeah, I would say so. We're really lucky. This community is huge on athletics. Um, everyone seems to have some sort of fitness journey. So everyone's adopted us and we've been really grateful for it. What was, um, what was the process like? So I'm sure a lot of people have skills they learned in college and, and thereafter. What was the process of, of taking those skills and I guess taking something that is normally in um, like a university setting or a more formal setting and kind of bringing that to the masses, to, to the everyday weekend warrior type person. Um, what did that process look like from transitioning that idea from, I could go work for a university and continue to do that forever, but I kind of want to do something else. Sure. Well, first and foremost, I don't have a background in business. So I spent a lot of time at the library <laughs> researching yeah. what it was to open a business because on my end, I knew my trade you know, the stuff that we do as an athletic trainer, it was kind of secondhand to me. So it was more of the business aspect that I kind of had to look up and see, Hey, can, can this idea come into fruition? So that was the biggest thing. And it was a lot of getting the right people in play to help me out and, and pulling the local small business around here. Um, and then seeing, Hey, listen, this is an educational part because I know Mm -hmm. as a D one athlete or, or a professional athlete, you know, about these things, but a lot of 
people who just want to stay active don't. So I knew there was going to be a lot of on the educational part and people buying in rather than my athletes. I told them they had to do it rather sure. than, Hey, you're coming to see me because you yeah, want yeah, to yeah. do there, it. There's some type of salesmanship there as far as. Oh gosh. Yes. And that's probably the biggest part that I underestimated on yeah. this whole process. What, what, um, I'm guessing like any business owner, you had maybe some, some doubts along the way. Did you have any doubts? From going, hey, I, I know this is viable when I have people coming to me, but if I have to bring them in, was there any doubt? Like, ah, uh, man, I got to make sure that this can actually actually work. Sure, I almost, I, I didn't like that aspect. I didn't like the salesperson aspect because it was mm. never in my training, and I'm, I'm here to help. So to sell you on you need help is an interesting thought. And yeah, there are plenty of times where I'm like, well, I'm awful at this. <laughs> so yeah. I think I, I approach it kind of from an a natural aspect of, Hey, I'm the professional that knows how to make you better. Mm. And this is what you need to do to get there. Not selling you a package or, Hey, this is, this is how much it's going to cost. So, you know, when you kind of change your mindset, in that aspect of people are coming to you as the professional and for help and to feel better, it makes it a little easier in that transition. So it seems like there's a bit of a mindset shift there from, it's almost like, you know, I guess you could make your previous jobs at these universities akin to like working almost like a corporate job where you kind of have, Hey, here's your, your work for the, the day, month, year, and you kind of get paid as you do it. Mm -hmm. But here you're kind of have to go out and hunt for whatever you're getting, or people are coming to you, but you have to be the one to market that and bring them to you. Right. And it is a lot of that. And I think if you believe in something, I, I knew this process, right. That's, that's the part I was so sure about. Mm. And I knew it could be beneficial. And if I could help one person that is, you know, didn't get injured and taking three weeks from their fitness program and coming back and being sore, you know, that was my mindset of, okay, you could do this part of it where it's, sure. it's more the sales type part. Sure. So maybe before we uh, dive any further into this, let's kind of rewind this a step and go back to, to you and what was it like? Um, and how, how would you say you got to this point? So growing up, um, what, what did you do for, for work prior even to, to college or anything else or what other things did you try out? And then, um, did you think you would ever find yourself in this position? Sure. I think my first job was at Braddock's Tavern really? as a hostess. Yeah. I was there last week. Yeah. Well, we're there all the time. <laughs> uh, and then from there, I think I was a camp counselor and, and then my undergrad was athletic training. So a lot of my time was doing internships. So we yeah. were always with a sports team. How do you like rotations? And we, yeah, we did. So I, I was also an athlete as well. So between those two, I didn't really have mm. time for an, an actual job. And I know that sounds bad time for a job, but anyway, it, yeah. my job was my internships. So that was a lot of my upbringing. Uh, it, it was a lot of work and it, it, it was easy because that's what we had to do. Gotcha. You know, 13 hour days are nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I guess right now, how it, how are things in comparison to how you envision them? Yeah, uh, they're, they're great. I, I don't think I thought right now we do a, like a lot of teams and it's a mm. lot more on the teenage athletes. Whereas when I first opened it up, I opened it up for people my age that, Hey, it's yeah. really easy to wake up very sore very often. Uh, so that shift was pretty cool, but I, you know, you flip back to when you were an athlete in high school and, and it's even more so now where no sport has one season. Mm. These are three, four season athletes and multiple sports at a time. So it makes sense how that is now kind of what our population looks at. Yeah. So it's almost like at, at one point, a business like this could have been like only seasonal, but now because of people's emphasis on 
athletics and uh, personal fitness, all of that. It seems like this is a, a year round constant thing going on. It is, it is. And it's cool for me because I, I was so used to college athletics and now I'm being introduced to marathoners, half marathoners, um, jujitsu. It's all these, you know, multiple mm. sports, crossfitters, all these different aspects that I mean, for me, they're teaching me as I'm teaching them kind of, okay, this is what your body needs. This is what you're feeling. This is why you're sore. These are the moves you're doing. So it's on my end been really cool. What's, um, what's the biggest thing that you see or on a day-to-day -day basis of being a problem or what, what people struggle with the most? Is it, is it, you know, I know you mentioned, you sent me a list of all the things that you do from, um, what were those, those, those suits, normatic suits? Oh, the Normatex, which is a compression suit that, you know, kind of makes you feel like Gumby after nice and loose. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, let's, let's go into that because you do, do a lot of stuff. Let's kind of just walk, uh, <laughs> let's kind of just walk through this list for sure. a second. Um, so I'll let you kind of go, but you have, you know, Normatex compression units. Right, which is we have a leg, hip, and arm unit. And, you know, I meant to bring one for you to kind of oh, wow. sit in while we were <laughs> here. I dropped the ball. Uh, but what that does is basically it aids what's called our lymphatic system, which is our drainage, our drainage system. So it's like a sewage system. So we have hmm. a big kind of system that goes through us that gets rid of all of our inflammation, lactic acid, dead blood cells. Well, it doesn't have a pump like our heart is for our blood. It's our muscles. So when our muscles are hmm. sore, they don't do a good job of getting all of that crud out of our system. So that's what the Normatex do. They, hmm. they flush it out, get it back to our gut where we get rid of it. And then on top of it, you get a nice massage. So you, you nice. get out of these things feeling nice and loose. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to say no to that. No. <laughs> um, then you have the, the game ready ice compression units, right? Yes. Yeah, so that, that runs at 34 degrees, continuous cold water through with the compression. So it's kind of a piggyback on that Normatec, which it just adds that nice, uh, freeze to mm. your muscle. So if you're in pain, we can kind of get you doing a little bit more after whether it be mm. on a foam roller or stretching. Uh, because you're not going to be in pain. Sure. Sure. Um, and you have a lot of these other things like I've done, you know, ice baths before, uh, contrast baths. I'm guessing that's going between hot and cold. Yep. That's it. One minute in the cold, two minutes, the hot five rounds is the traditional. And that same thing as like the Normatex do there it's eating and that pumping. And it, it makes you feel lighter when you feel like your muscles are like concrete. That's, I mean, that's a, a big thing now I've, you know, I don't know if you listen to Joe Rogan at all. He talks about that a lot, you know, like the the sauna, going from the sauna to the ice bath, yep. back and forth many times. Talk about heat shock proteins, you know, all that kind all of stuff. Of it, so, yes, I love that. Yeah. Um, what's what's the science behind that? Like, is that sure? A lot of people think that it's it's pumping your muscle, just just like I told you, you need for the lymphatic system. It, the heat never gets deep enough into your system. So the cold, when you're in it traditionally, let's say 20 minutes at 60 degrees, you're getting four inches into that muscle, so you are mm. freezing that whole thing, slowing down anything that's coming into the area, and then when you rewarm up you're, you're bringing new blood in. Hmm. So that's that process there. And also you're numbing those nerves. So it just gives you a little bit of a break. So when you go back and forth, the cold gets deeper, constricts your blood vessels. When you go into the warm, it dilates those blood vessels. So you're, you know, constricting, taking old blood out, dilating, bringing new blood into an area. So an area hmm. that might not be so vascular, meaning like a tendon, right? That you, there's not a lot going on there. Hmm. This helps bring new blood, which is the good stuff back into the area a little quicker than our body would do it normally. Hmm. Understood. Understood. Um, yeah, because I remember even, um, doing now, like if I, I was at the gym, I was playing disc golf about two months ago yeah. and I hurt my shoulder and I was like, I had a big ice thing on there. I would do 20 minutes on 20 minutes off, but I didn't have the heat, but I'm guessing, you know, with the, with these ligament ligament and tendon heavy 
joints, that's mm-hmm. probably extremely effective in at least recovery time. Sure. It's effective definitely after. So if you, let's say you, it's a fresh injury, you want to stay in that ice for a good 48, 72 hours. But as soon as your that inflammation response is gone, you definitely want to add in that heat aspect, not necessarily to warm up the muscle because it doesn't, mm. but just to kind of, uh, couple with that cold. Yeah. So we, we've all heard, you know, the, the rice method. Yes. Is, is that, is that still applicable today? Cause I feel like there's a lot of new stuff coming out, but I feel like it's, it's, I can't tell anymore if it's just, you know, I still kind of abide by it, but mm-hmm. is it still, um, still true or, or is it like one of those things that sure. stuff is evolving? That's no longer. I think you have two sciences about it, to be quite honest with you. I think there hmm. are people that are coming in and saying, Hey, listen, let's reinvent something that actually really does work. So there's a lot of people will say, Hey, ice now is invalid because let's say you're a weightlifter, you go and you, your goal is to increase your strength, go Mm -hmm. for a weightlifting session. And let's say you get a nice bath right after that is basically saying, Hey, you're not letting the good stuff, the inflammation that comes into a muscle and takes it away, come in, you're delaying that response. But when you're injured, that's really what you want to do to get back. Right. So even though there's good stuff coming in with that inflammation, that overabundance is what causes that pain. Anytime you have inflammation in the joint, that's when you're going to get that pain response. So I am still a rice believer. Right. Yeah. And it seems like, and this is talking about post-injury most. Yes. Post-injury. Okay. Yes. Okay. And because I guess the biggest thing was, you know, I think sometimes our bodies do a lot of things like naturally that are very good. Like yes. even like the inflammation, like you're saying, mm-hmm. it's probably a good thing. You yeah. Know I mean? We do it after we work out. Your body creates inflammation after it works out naturally. Hmm. It's, Hey, is it staying there? And pitting, or is it, is your body reabsorbing it? Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and maybe just go through some of the other things you guys have over there at your, at your body. Lab. Sure. I also do assisted stretching. Hmm. So it's, it's one of those things that, Hey, if you're having a problem and, and I've stretched this out a million times and it doesn't feel like it's, it's loosening up, chips are, it's a muscle imbalance. So it's a cool way for me to be able to kind of see both sides, see all the muscles that relate to what you're having trouble with and let you know, Hey, this is really where your issue is. Show you a bunch of stretches. And then you could do it on your own at home. Hmm. Um, I'm all about that education because we all can't live in body lab. <laughs> we have active right. busy lives. So anything I could do to educate and kind of send someone home with, I try to do as well. So that's, that's another cool one we do. What, what role does, I mean, I know it's very important and how I think how to phrase this stretching is very important, but I feel like I can't really think of anybody who I really know who does it on a consistent basis. No, that's I, when people walk in, I ask that question, you automatically see like the defense. And I'm like, listen, we are all in the same boat. No one loves stretching (laughs) because you don't see the results as quickly as if Mm. you're working out, you get that adrenaline pump, you get that muscle, you know, right. It's, it's like a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Exactly. Exactly. And reality is the stretching is really important because one, it relaxes those muscles, it prepares those muscles, but it keeps everything in check. So if you stretch everything, let's say you don't have anything going on with you and you stretch everything equally, it's going to keep those muscles at the position they're supposed to be. Mm. If you start developing, you know, something where it doesn't feel so great, it's sore, then other muscles are taking over for the muscle that's tighter. It, it you know, it becomes a little short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in, in short, it's an easy way to stay healthy. <laughs> and I guess here's a, here's a quick hot topic. What, do, what are your thoughts, real quick thoughts on, uh, on Theraguns? All right. I'm not a huge Theragun person. <laughs> However, I, we have three of them, four of them in, in the studio because I know everyone loves them. I'm a big foam roller person. Mm. So use your body. I am too. I am okay, too. good. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Tension releases tension. So the Theragun or I'm sorry. Oh gosh. Sorry. Hi, Bryce. But the 
you know, the pitter patter of it. You mm. don't get that tension for a long enough time. Sure. Now yeah. it will relax you. If it feels good, it feels good. I'm a big believer in that. You do what you need to do to feel good. But if you really want to put the work in and, mm. and get something out of it, it's the foam so roll. So I, I guess ideal, maybe it's both. both yeah. Or, yes. or at least foam roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Foam rollers is going to do more. Theragun, if it makes you feel good, go for it. And then how do you, um, how do you work on muscle imbalances? Is that something that you guys work with your, your clients on? Yeah. And that, that comes with experience. I think, you know, because I've seen, gosh, I mean, probably over a couple of thousand athletes in my career, you know, you pick up stuff along the way when someone comes Mm -hmm. in and says, Hey, listen, I've had this nagging knee pain. Chances are, it's not just your quad chances are, Hey, Mm -hmm. your quad is working against maybe your glute, maybe your QL, maybe there's a little bit of a, a level difference in your hips. That's Mm. not allowing that muscle, that, that quad to work correctly and pulling on your knee. So that's, you know, that's what I look for. It's never just a quick fix of, Hey, let's just treat that tendon. Let's just, while we have time, let's look at everything. Gotcha. And so what's the, what's the prescription at that point? So you might have say three different areas that are affecting, let's say, you know, the the, the knee Mm -hmm. and then you just say, okay, basically, but I feel like like you're you're saying it's not a quick fix. It's going to be do these things consistently for yeah. And, and honestly, no, not even. So if you, it's funny with knee pain, especially like, let's say it's something that, Hey, I didn't let this go for six months. Hmm. Uh, I came in, it's been bothering me for a couple of weeks. It's actually a quick fix. If you do all the stuff rather than just treat that area. Huh. So, you know, today two people came in right with knee pain. They both happen to have the same pathology where it was really their glute, um, their QL that was super, super tight. So when we went to go stretch them, they're like, Oh, I didn't even know that was back there. And then you go <laughs> ahead and stretch your quad and your quad gets a little bit more, you know, slack. Um, but that for both of them probably will relieve itself within a week. Wow. Yeah. This is, this is really interesting. So what percent, so, I mean, I guess there's a, there's a balancing act here between, I think people sometimes think, and you can maybe tell me if I'm wrong, but that their injuries are far worse than they actually might be. Yes, it is. Well, Google is the worst thing in the world because half the time I get someone coming in and saying, Hey, listen, I Google this and you have cancer. That's it. I'm done. (laughs) Right. Okay. Let's dial this back. Let's look at really what's going on. And when you kind of put it in simple terms, right? Muscles, tendons, ligaments, everything is really simple. The body's complicated, but when you break it down like that, it's a little bit more tolerable to be like, okay, we're going to be just fine. So what what is the, what is the, from a business perspective, what is the the cost breakdown for, for some of this stuff? Sure. So we have like a a drop-in is $20 and that's kind of how I, I, I'm in the idea of, Hey, if you've never tried out any of the things that we have, Hmm. come try them all out for $20, try it out because you're going to either one love everything and be like, okay, this works for me or, Hey, this doesn't work for me. And, and maybe you need to be somewhere else anyway. Hmm. Um, we have memberships at different tiers. Um, you know, once a week, three times a week, five times a week with an assisted stretch. Uh, we have punch packs, five pack, a 10 pack, um, and everything's kind of at a different base point, but we did it. My original thought process was, Hey, I know what a copay is for a doctor's office. I know what a copay is for PT. I know what a copay is for some of these specialists. So we wanted to be affordable. Mm. Um, just to kind of encourage people to get in before they do need to see all those people. No, sure. That was actually my point in bringing this up because there's almost like this layer of, of doctors where, Hey, my knee hurts. I could go to this doctor and maybe depending on what your insurance is, I'm going to be paying anywhere from, you know, 15 to several hundred dollars just to see a doctor. And they might not, if they're an internist, they might not be like, Hey, I have all this 
expertise in these specific athletic things, right. which is what I need attending to. So if I can just pay 20 bucks instead and get some treatment and also probably learn more, if it's, maybe it's not the knee, maybe the right. doctor's like, oh, well, if it's your knee, well do this, do rice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And you're like, it could be these other things around it. That's actually the problem. Right. And, but they might not tell me that. No. And that's, I think what kind of started the spark of this idea was I would have my men's basketball players that would be graduated playing over in the UK or just kind of living their regular lives. And they would come back and see me and say, Hey, listen, this is bothering me, but I have to go to my primary care. And then they have to write me a script for PT, or I have to go to my primary care that then an orthopedist, then ultimately a PT that like, you know, there's no easy access. Like there was here where I would come to you, Jackie, and you would either say, mm. Hey, I can fix this myself, or let's refer you to our orthopedist. And that's essentially kind of how I treat body lab too. If I have someone that comes in and it is way over what we do at body lab, as far as recovery goes, right. You'll send them yeah, elsewhere. to PT, right. Or an orthopedist, right. You know, cause it's an easier way for me to say, Hey, you know, you could come back here for the recovery part of it, but right. Let me get you to where you need to be because it's frustrating trying to figure it out on your own. But it's crazy because even as far as like market share, I'm sure say, I don't know, 60%, 70% of people who go to a doctor to, to see this, mm -hmm. that problem could be solved doing something a lot closer to home, a lot simpler, a lot easier. I don't have to jump through all these administrative hoops. Yes, you know what I mean? Efficiency. That's it. Like it's, this is someone's health. And I think that is kind of underrated sometimes in this healthcare system where it's, Hey, you know, for me working out as a mental health thing, it's a physical health thing. It's an emotional health thing. So mm. to get someone who can't do that because they're fishing around to three different doctors, that is so frustrating. And I, I see the, it needs to be efficient. <laughs> no, it's a really cool market. I think it's a really good model. And I think that it's something that other industries should take a look at because wherever there's a ton of friction as far as getting something done. So if I have to go here, get a script, if I have to go here and get it approved by insurance to do this, mm -hmm. I can still go here for an affordable price. I don't have to worry about any of that. Right. And with somebody who might actually have a better handle on what the problem actually is, not just here's, you know, a couple of pills to fix what you're going through. Oh yes. And that, that's, an, that's another whole conversation, but, but yeah, for sure. There's definitely, I think a more holistic and an easier route sometimes than what, what's out there. How did, um, from the pricing side of things, mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's really cool. I think that's good to have the membership side in addition to the walk-in I think it's a good, you know, tit for tat kind of have, having, having both. How did you arrive at this? I want people who are, who are listening, who might be in the position right now where, Hey, I have this idea. I'm working on this business, but I'm looking at a pricing structure for myself. How did you guys come upon your pricing structure? Right. So the main model I, I used was actually CrossFit Medford. I used to be a member for a long time. My husband's still in Medford and I thought they did. Is, that, really, is that right over there? That's right. Literally yeah, right down yeah. the street here. And they do a really great job of kind of having a couple of different memberships and having drop-ins. And then I think I pulled a punch pack from a yoga studio that I used to belong to. So I, I essentially pulled everything I liked about certain places that I had gone to and, and put it together because I wanted to be accessible. And I know people right. train at different, you know, lengths, you know, you have a marathon runner versus someone who might just need something every now and then. And I wanted to, there to be something for everybody. Hmm. I think it's good. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You no, have exactly. it out there and take yes. it in. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's <laughs> a lot of this is, Hey, what works, what works for hmm. this company? What works for this company? What will work for us? So I think I, I read actually, you guys are 
pretty close to here. You guys are, are moving. We are moving. Yes. We are so, moving in the same building CrossFit Medford is. So 26 Broad Street will be our new location. That's a, that's a right down the street from here. Yeah. That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. really cool. So yes. the, um, what was the impetus to move? Our location now can't hold the teams that I'd like to hold. So wow. when we have teams in there are bodies everywhere and anyone who has been in and seen it, it's, it's hilarious. It's awesome. It's, it's cool, but we wanted to be able to fit more. Mm. Um, you know, we had a football team that said, Hey, listen, can we bring our whole squad in? And I said, sure. In like three increments, but mm. in a team aspect, you want to be together. You don't want to be split up. Sure. You don't have to choose who goes at what. So this was a big push for us to kind of move locations. Um, and so expand on that. I want to hear all about that because that's, I'm sure something that people listening might be going through, you know, we've kind of outgrown our space. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was the process of looking for, for, for new space? What right. was the process of, I mean, how's it going to work of transferring things over there? You know, the, yes. whole, the, whole, the whole inside have to be redone, you know, all these questions that, you know, yes. And we're in the middle of it. So there are some of those questions that you're asking where I'm like, I'm not really sure. <laughs> we're <laughs> still figuring it yeah. out. But for right now, we knew, we knew the needs that we had, we put it out. So Joe from harvest, we said, Hey, we would love to have a warehouse space on this side of Medford on the side of main street. And lo and behold, there was one that just had opened. Hmm. So it was a little quicker than maybe we had wanted and anticipated, but we were lucky that our landlord decided, Hey, we want you in this space. We'll work with you. We'll delay it. Uh, and we'll get you in there. What do you want to get in there? Um, and then because we built out a space already, I knew the needs of what we didn't have and what I wanted. So hmm. like, we don't have showers right now. So in the new spot, we will have right. a couple of showers. So if people get in the cold tub, hot tub, they're not going to have to leave smelling like bromine. Or if I have a stinky lacrosse player coming in from practice, head to toe in mud, they can shower. Can, yes, they, they can shower off and then still come in, yes, and it won't deter them from going home and not wanting to come. Uh, so that, you know, those are the things. And then there's a couple of quote, like we, we just bought a medical grade infrared sauna that you'll see in a bunch of the, you know, Whoa, sweet. yeah, super cool. Um, I was a skeptic about saunas. I'm very science-based. So did my research, saw kind of what it does for our body and decided this was something that we should have. So that, you know, a couple of new additions, our ice bath will be, I will be on a chiller. We do it manually now with ice. Mm. So there, they, you know, invented something where it goes through a chiller and goes back into the pool and we can drop it down to like 40 degrees. So wow. we're really, you know, pumped about that too. So, it, you know, this space allowed us to expand on a couple of things as well. I guess it's probably a good time. Um, what's, it seems like you're, you're growing, you're in this mindset of, you know, we have, we've had X amount of people, we've seen it's not enough room moving to a new location. I'm sure this has probably stimulated some thoughts about, you know, vision for the future, what you kind of want this thing to look like in Mm -hmm. an ideal way going forward. Have you, have you thought about that at all? Yeah. I, I think we might still be a little bit too, you know, close to, you know, I think we're still in our infantry set infancy stage of like, Hey, Mm. you know, I just really would like this to work and be successful and, and make a living and, and, you know, make sure that's okay. If you ask my husband, he wants 10 of these all over, you know? So (laughs) there is an idea of, Hey, what do we franchise or in my head? I don't want to lose control over it because I think if there's Mm. someone who can do what I could do at the top of all of these, then you're not, you're sticking to, Hey, how do we help people rather than this is just mm. a business, which is a really hard thing to balance. Yeah. And it seems like you want to keep some of that there still. Yeah, I do. I want there to be someone who can help navigate someone's hardship. Cause if someone's in pain and someone's uncomfortable, it is a hard place to be mm. when you're lost and confused and you have no background in health and wellness. 
Gotcha. So let me ask you this. So, so say in, in this theoretical vision of, of expanding or possibly growing in the future, mm-hmm. um, is doing what you do on a day-to-day basis something you want to continue doing? You know what I mean? Even with the growth, yeah. would you still want to be in there doing what you're doing? Yes, I, I absolutely 110% want to be in there, uh, whether it be, you know, having someone in there where I train or finding another one, another athletic trainer who can kind of help me out. So mm. I could take maybe a day or two to have a backseat and see a little bit more of the vision. Cause I think right now I'm so hands-on, right. I am body lab through and through the operational part of it. Yeah, you can't see the forest of the trees. No, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and my Eric always says to me, he's like, Hey, if you could take a step back, you would see broader, like he does, but I'm like, no, I love it. I want to be in, I love the interaction. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love the people that come in. So you know, eventually, well, I have to take a backseat maybe, but I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, no, I see that. Like even in the, the brewing industry, I see it a lot. Is yeah. You have these breweries that are, the guy will start a brewery. He enjoys because of, he likes brewing and then he'll eventually start growing. He's at the top. He hires employees to do what he's doing. It becomes a very big brewery. And then inevitably he'll end up selling and starting another small brewery, you know, because he likes you like the them. aspect yes. of being there, the, the talking to people, the, there's something very human about that. And I think it resonates with a lot of people. And so that's why when I talk to even like clients sometimes about some of these issues, it's like, what is your vision and what do you want to be doing at the end of the day? Because right. that's, that's a piece of it. I mean, right. you have to think about that. It's not just people think sometimes growth for the sake of, of growing is an excellent thing, right? but it's like, it's about what do you want if, if you're growing, but not achieving what you want to achieve, right? Who's, who's winning out there. You know what I mean? Right. I, I do. I think it's a sense of job satisfaction as well. You know, if you have the success, awesome, but you know, are you at the top and not in the crux mm. of it? Are you happy up there? And I think that's why people start small businesses. Yeah. Cause at some point they probably were like, Hey, listen, I could be happier doing something else. And I'd like to do it this way. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's take a break real quick and jump into this. Um, we have a, a cab sad. Uh, here. <laughs> that's right. We haven't even touched this yet. Yeah. Oh, cheers. cheers. So you're, you're a wine person. Is that your, is that your I go-to? am a wine person through and through. And why, why is that? Where, I, where, did, where did you start and how'd you, college. how'd you get here? <laughs> college. Yeah. I, you know, I was such a, I didn't do beer in college. So mm. it was like, you had Franzia from a box or you had some liquor. So mm. <laughs> wine was the easiest thing. And then my parents will love me for this, but I would come home. So I had a internship at Princeton. Mm. I was living at home. And they had this magnificent wine collection. Mm. And of course I didn't know how much these bottles cost. So I would come home and open Take up a bottle, I... serve it around. Do you start top shelf? <laughs> Stop. Yeah. It was all top shelf. Yeah. <laughs> I was never hung over. I felt great. And next thing you know, my parents go to grab a bottle and they're like, Jackie. And I'm like, was this I not, not for me? <laughs> yes. So yes, they, I'll blame them for my wine liking. Was that, did you find that that was like a, what influence did your parents have on that? Like your, I feel like some people's proclivities to certain beverages, it's like their parents, oh, my yeah. parent, my mom drinks wine or whatever. You know what I mean? And they yeah. kind of go that way. Yeah. Is no, that, is that your is case? This is the opposite. No, really? I think I got them into wine. Like this, I'm telling you, this wine sat there for forever. They were beer people. Huh? Yeah. Not even liquor people, beer people. And you know, I were, were these, were these gifts like these bottles? Yeah, they were, yeah, they were gifts. That, that happens all the time. Yes. I was just talking to my mom the other day and she has about have many bottles that are just there. Mm-hmm. And it, well, it's always like, I think in the back of your head, like I got to save this for a nicer occasion. Right. And then it just right. inevitably never. And then comes you have and... a teenage or that comes and ruins that all. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I would, I would proclaim, I would get 
I would get home after a hard day and be like, all right, parents, it's wine night. Mm. And I would pour everyone wine. And that's kind of how it started. And now they drink wine. They'll drink wine over anything else now. So it's mm. kind of funny how. You know. So, so nowadays, how does the, the health side play into this? You know what I mean? Like, are you like, like, is that another arrow in your quiver of, of your reasons to drink wine is some of the health aspects or <laughs> I have a very wise friend who's more on the psychology side of things and said, Hey, you know what? Wine might be a part of self-care, mm. you know, the relaxation aspect. I feel like, you know, if you keep it, everything's good in moderation, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, no, I don't frown on that. <laughs> what, what is your, what is your go-to as far as far as style? So I like cab. That's probably my favorite. Um, and then of course, in the summertime, I am that girl, Rose mm. tends to be, you know, but I could, I could drink red wine, literally 90 degrees outside. So you're seasonal though, as far as like type of wine. Yeah. So I would say in the summertime out, you know, out and about, cause it's hot out, I'll go to Rose, but red wine is like my go. It is my go-to. And honestly, I like every type of red wine. Mm. I'm not, you know. Yeah. I was just going to ask if you fell somewhere on, on the scale of, you know, sweeter, drier. Oh, okay. So I don't, I don't love sweet. So maybe that's okay. where, I draw, okay. the, good, that's good, where good. I draw the line. I'm not a big sweet, even with the white wine. I, I can't do anything sweet. Mm -mm. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm first and foremost a beer person, but by a long shot, I'm learning, I'm learning. But, so talk you know, to me about it. We'll, we'll, we'll get you there. But, um, the, the wine side, if I drink wine, typically it's going to be, um, red, dry, mm -hmm. earthy. Yeah. It's a tobacco like that's, 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 that's where I live. That's yeah. what, that's the kind of red wine I like. That's a good place to live. Um, so how about the, uh, the seltzer craze? Do you, do you get involved in that at all? So I think I got wrapped up with the rest of people. However, I, you know, in my head, if you're going to do it, you might as well just do vodka and some seltzer water and call it a day. I think it's a little bit more <laughs> natural than whatever they're putting in these seltzers. But Hey, if someone offers me one, I will be okay with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like everyone and their brother is starting a, a seltzer company. Well, now I was going to say on your brewery scene are now, are you finding that you have to adapt and make a seltzer as part of your lineup or are you staying true to the beer? It's interesting. I, I mean, I always say, you know, I, I don't get into the, the brewing industry to, to sell seltzers. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely a market share for it right now. I think it's super saturated. So even if you, you know, were to want to get in that space, people have so many options that, you know, it, why would they pick you unless you're extremely stand out? You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but I don't know, but going back to like why you do things, like how you said, Hey, I kind of want to stick in the day to day. It's like, I kind of want to make beer. You know yeah, I mean? right. Don't make like, me do anything like I don't the, want to the, do. The history and the science behind it. It's there's so much there. And um if if that's part of it is to re-educate people on, you know, why they need beer and, and not seltzer, then I'm all for it and I'll I'll help in that endeavor. But <laughs> yeah, I totally can relate to that because I think there are other people doing things differently than I like the big topic is cryo chambers. I don't believe in them. Mm. The science behind them is not there. However, is there are times where I'm like, oh shoot, should we get one? Because it's Somebody else wants it. it. Thing. Yeah, mm. of course. It, you know, your mind wanders there, but then you have to stay true to yourself. So, so what's the, um, what's, what's the, what's the science there? What's the, the thing you don't agree with or what's the. Sure. So with cryo chambers, you have the gas aspect. Well, water mm. notoriously gets deeper in your muscle and is more efficient. Whereas the gas, that's why, you know, in these chambers, they could drop it down to negative so-and-so sure. degrees for three minutes reality is, is it, it feels cold and it, and it will do the quick 
the quick fix, right? Okay. It numbs everything up. But, but is it, it actually get, getting that deep? It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. get deep enough into your, into your muscle. And I think for me, everything that we do, it's, it's got to work. Hmm. Can't just be for fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, um, that's interesting. I know it, it was, I guess, always kind of touted as like this cutting edge kind of thing. Again, I don't know too much about it, but yeah. that's kind of how it, I know. And I almost fell for it myself. It was one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, this is really cool. And I, would I like to try it? I actually bought my brother a gift certificate to go try one out in Chicago so he could report back to me on hmm. how, how it worked for him. <laughs> Cause I was, I was intrigued and interested. And what, what were his findings? Uh, it was cold, but long-term he was having uh, a back issue long-term. He was like, you know, Jack, I feel, I feel no different. And I, mm. he, he liked the ice bath as well. And there's a reason why professional athletes are still taking ice baths and this cold plunge craze is, right, is right. going on because it works. So do you think, do you think, um, what is it then? Like, why, why is it just a, a marketing gimmick? Is it? <laughs> I think so. I think it's like it. Yeah. I think it's flashy. I think it's like a one-off kind of thing. Like, Hey, I went and did even, it. I can even, tell you. Even the term cryo. It's like, Ooh, you know, yeah, it's future, it's, futuristic. Right. Or it's, yeah. Right. It's a, there's something almost even like sexy to it. It's like, Ooh, cryo. But yeah, it's, I think it's to say you do it. Mm. And, and I, I froze at negative 172 degrees or whatever have you. And that's, you know, it's like, Whoa, like it's like that yeah. shock factor in conversation. You know Exa- I mean? Well, exactly. Mm. Or, Hey, you have a group of friends and you want to go do it. I mean, I can imagine probably giggling the whole entire time, you know, <laughs> like, Ooh, <laughs> have, have you come across other things like that? Cause I know, I know for a fact in every industry has these pockets of things, things that are kind of just thought of as, Oh, you should do this, or you should do this when there's really nothing backing some of the claims. Do you find that in some of the athletic training space? Yes. And I notoriously, I've probably dealt with it for the past 10 years because you'll have athletes that say, Hey, listen, I saw this professional athlete do this or, Hey, I was researching and, and maybe this is something we should be doing. So it's, it's not something that I, you know, I haven't heard before, but yeah, there are certain things that I, I personally just don't believe in. However, Mm. if it works for you, because we all know in the athletic mind, there are superstitions, there are just things that work and maybe there's not an explanation why. So in that I I'm all for it. Just maybe not a body bath. <laughs> right. Yeah. And even, even on like the weightlifting side, like people respond differently to different things. Yeah. So there are, you know, there's some credence to the idea that, Hey, you know, uh, this might work for you or doing these supersets might work for you, but yeah. might not work as well for somebody else. So right. there is some individuality to some of these procedures. I'm guessing as sure. well. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there, I've always wondered this, is there a figure that is recommended that people should spend keeping their body in shape on an annual basis. Cause I don't know if you, if you've seen some of the articles, but you know, like yeah. LeBron James spends like a million and a half dollars a year yeah. on maintaining his body through trainers, massage therapists, et cetera. Um, and again, I, I know this is kind of anecdotal probably different for everybody, right? but what is the minimum that people should be doing to kind of stay in that peak performance? You know, that's, that's a question that when I was doing my research to open up this business, I can answer it off the bat because everything is numbers when you're opening up a business. So I mm. probably had the percentage and what in New Jersey down to Burlington County, what people were spending on themselves. And I want to say as far as maybe not fitness, but wellness in general, like I think it's generally around like $200 a month, hmm. you know, which it seems like a high, and that's like, what, price like point. gym memberships, gym memberships, supplements. Yes. Everything. Right. It, it all wrapped in one. And, and 
here's the deal. If you belong to a box gym, you're paying a little bit less in certain wages and maybe you spend a little bit more in other aspects. So I think that flirt, you know, floats around on, on what works for you, but yeah, it's around, I, I believe it's around that price point. And then, you know, it depends. I mean, there's runners who don't have to pay for a gym. So right. maybe they want to pay a little bit more for a massage or, or recovery or whatever have you. So I think there's different ways to cut it. If there was one thing that you would say is the most important thing, I mean, for me, I think foam rolling is huge. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it. And I think it's so great at relieving tension, like mm -hmm. that, like that constant stress on the tension on, on muscle. You know what I mean? Right. I've noticed there were times where I had like a, I got like a, a tweak, like in like my hamstring or something. And inevitably it was after a long weekend. And then I didn't foam roll for two days. And then, you know, that's when it happened. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So if you had to pick one thing, that's kind of the, um, I don't know, I guess the, the one thing you would recommend that everyone do. Right. Now, does it have to be at body lab or can I say something that's not in our studio? You can say whatever you want. <laughs> it would be sleep. Yeah. Sleep wow. Yeah. Is the magic recovery pill. Hmm. And unfortunately we don't have that at body lab. I mean, you could come take a nap, but that's happened plenty of times. You could have like nap rooms there. That, that might be an well, add on. It's you know? funny. I mean, the amount of times that people will fall asleep in the Normatex is, is amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, one, you really needed it too, but it's relaxing. So in our new space, we're having actually like a lounge area where you can come play video games, you take a nap, do whatever you want. Uh, in the Norma text, because we've realized that's kind of what people do. They, they fall asleep. <laughs> Are you familiar with uh, Dr. Matthew Walker? Not familiar. He is, he is one of like the foremost scientists in like the, the sleep world. I probably have heard. Yeah. You've probably, you've probably heard of some of the stuff, but sure. um, he says it's like a, an epidemic. How many people are sleep deprived? It, it's crazy. Like he we says need more hours in the day. I think what he says is that it's, it's so dire that doctors should be prescribing sleep to people. I, it is crazy. Cause I used to, well, I say now, you know what? Sometimes when you hear a nap, you're like, Oh, I wouldn't do that. Or, Oh, listen, if you didn't sleep last night, go take a nap. If you can afford it, hmm. just because when you don't sleep at night, the amount of time, the amount of hours, seven to 10 hours, you're basically, you need to bank those hours back somehow because if you don't catch up. Hmm. Um, and yeah, he's absolutely right. Your body heals. When you sleep, you do all of your recovering when you sleep. So, yeah, it, it's, I, I'm guilty of this. I'm sure as most people are, especially at certain weeks or whatever, but sure. it's, it's, uh, it's true. And I, you can feel even mentally the lag the next day when you're, you haven't slept. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm just trying to, what's, do you see this getting better? I thought, or no, <laughs> I thought when maybe with the pandemic that America was going to slow down a little bit, mm. uh, I'm realizing we're quickly back on pace and priorities are not as they should be. So I think, you know, as a reminder, that's like my, I, I always have like a recovery tip on our board and sleep has something to do with every, every part of it. And I think everyone's probably sick of me talking about it. Uh, I think it's just maybe the importance of it needs to be emphasized a little bit more, whether it be through doctors or health mm. professionals or rehab or recovery specialists. I, I feel like it's one of these things that has been so um, said so many times, so many ways mm -hmm. that it literally just goes in one ear, in ear, one in, in one ear, not the other. Right. You know what I mean? No, it, I it's, do. It goes right over people's heads because they've heard it so much. Yes. And, and I think maybe the educational part, like it's easy for me to say, Hey, go to sleep. All right. But what, why, 
You know, why do we need to sleep? What happens in that process? And not only just on the sports side of it, what happens for your gut? What happens with your heart? What happens with your breathing? It gives your body, Mm. we only have X amount of time. So right during that sleep, it's pretty important to recover so you can Mm. feel good the next day. So you, you alluded to earlier that you currently are working like what, how how many hours you get working a day now doing this? Well, I, I, I think it doesn't turn off. Um, but I would say like during my regular, I work six days a week. I, you know, for the most part, I'm putting a little bit over 40 some hours actually in body lab, but Mm -hmm. my brain is always working. My obsession is body lab right now. It is my child. (laughs) So I I think, you know, there's some days and the coolest part is there's some days, maybe I'll be in body lab for 14 hours. It feels like nothing Mm. right at the end of the day, I go home and I have a smile on my face. Whereas, you know, former jobs where you're overworked and underpaid and undervalued, and it's not on your own terms. That feels like, oh my God, 14 days, 14 hours. How am I going to do this again tomorrow? <laughs> so that's a really cool thing for a small business owner too, is, Hey, when it's going good, you want to be there. And yeah, I mean, I guess if you're not feeling too great, you just jump in that Norma tech suit. Well, that's, an- <laughs> that's another thing. It's, I've been caught literally where I'm like, okay, there's no one on the schedule. I'm going to jump into the hip Norma tech because I did a killer workout and I'm exhausted. And next thing you know, I have someone walk in and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> don't mind me. <laughs> And in that 13 hour day, what's the breakdown? So if people are looking to get into business for themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. there's that old saying, you know, I used to work, you know, a 50 hour work week, but now I own my own business and I work 24 seven. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like, what's, what's the the breakdown of a day in the life of, of Jackie? Yeah, sure. I think in the morning is a lot of the administrative stuff. It's a lot of the emailing out the marketing, the planning for the day, the, Hey, what am I going to do on social media? There's a lot of the prep work. And then when you get actually, when I get actually in the studio, I have my clients. So it's a lot of the fun stuff. It's the recovery. It's the stretching. It's the figuring out a problem. It's the problem solving. And then when everyone leaves, it's, Hey, cleaning, (laughs) that's a part of it. Um, and, and seeing, okay, what do I have coming up and what could I do better? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the admin side, you kind of, you kind of said something there. You were like, I, I do the admin and then I kind of move on to the stuff that I like. Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> so, it. <laughs> so, so what is that there? So sure. the, the admin describe that because I think it's something that is inherent in all business. There's going to be pieces that you don't like, or pieces that you like more than others. Right. What, what really sticks in your crawl? What's like the biggest point of friction for you in a business that people should be aware of? Sure. Who might be starting one. Yeah. It's, it's the sales side of it. It's hmm. the emails. It's a, Hey, who am I reaching out to today? to make sure that I am making ends meet tomorrow. Right. So, so, I, guess so I can try to fill the schedule for three months out or wherever exactly, that is. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it gets easier as you go because you get those reoccurring customers, but you're always looking hmm. to make it bigger and better. So it's, Hey, sure. where, what am I missing? And when you don't have someone to guide you, it's, it falls on you. So hmm. it's, Hey, be creative. Uh, look at who you have around you and look at your connections. And that's probably my my biggest thing in the morning where I'm like, Oh, <laughs> what am I supposed to do today? Right. Where's my direction. Yeah. yeah. There's a book by, I think it's Daniel Pink. He talks about this and he's like, no matter what you're doing, whatever field you're in, you're, you're basically always selling something. You know what I mean? You're, you, you are, no matter yeah. what you do, if you're in the service industry, if you're in anything from, you know, athletic training to brewing to whatever you're, mm-hmm. there's some piece of sales involved to get things done. You right. Have to. Right. And it's funny. Cause I don't think I even realized that in the athletic training standpoint, I had my team, right. I had my 20 guys that they had to listen to whatever I said, knowing, knowing, Hey, listen, I'm in their corner and it's their best interest, hmm. but 
I was selling myself as far as trust goes. Mm. Hey, I need you to buy into this process because you know, I'm here because you want to play and this is how, but I didn't even realize I was doing that. Right. It was Mm. just so organic and so natural. And yeah, there is, there's sales and everything and you don't even realize it. So dialing it back to body lab and talking to my husband, Hey, like I'm not a salesperson. He's Hey, you, you did do it in an aspect, but it was different. Hmm. You know, it was, Hey, gaining trust versus gaining clients, which in a sense is trust, right? Hmm. A- after a little bit of it, it's the rapport it's, Hey, this works for you. And I'm, I'm here to help. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's definitely different for me. And it's probably the, the point of contention that I'm most under. <laughs> how about, how about the marketing side of things? Marketing side. What's that like from like a business? Okay. We're, we're trying to guess, gain more friction. Yeah. Um, we're doing really well, but we want to gain more. What does that look like? And is do that do you, do you enjoy that? Is that something that you you kind of see as um, a piece of the entrepreneurial journey that you're like, yes, I kind of enjoy this. Is this kind of fun getting it out there, or yeah. is that is that still some some friction there? No, I actually really enjoy it. I think the creative aspect to it. Uh, you know, growing up, I was always like into art and all that kind of stuff. So I get to kind of at least do a little bit of that. I'll tell you what, I feel like because I was never social media oriented, that was never kind of. Hmm in, in my everyday life. Now I am right. So I had to learn what do people want to see? Uh, what are the trends on TikTok? Yeah. Hmm. All of the high schoolers and college kids keep me in the know, which is, you know, hilarious. Cause they're like, Hey, you need to do this because of this. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fun creating those, um, videos and marketing aspect in that, in that sense. Now then there's, Hey, you know, should I do a class? Should I do this? How am I going to market it? How am I going to put this out there? those are the things that become a little bit more tough and maybe not as enjoyable hmm. Un- unless they work out. And that's like, great. Yeah, and it's really that's enjoyable. awesome. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, can you, can you think of any points? Cause I like to try to make this as um, tangible and useful as possible. Sure. Any real sticking points? Like we hit this one week where things were slow and I was like, we have to market more. And then it's like, we kind of came up with this idea and this really worked well. You know, what, what were some of like the, the hardships, I guess, or sticking points that, that stick out in your mind? Sure. And then how did you kind of overcome some of those? Yeah. I think we have kind of figured out what our slow times Hmm. are. Uh, one being around January, you Hmm. know, Christmas to January is pretty slow for us. So, you know, kind of being down the dumps of, oh my gosh, what did I do? Am I failing here? And then looking at, you know, team schedules, looking at what events are happening in the area and then reaching out and saying, Hey, listen, I see that your schedule has five games and six days. You know, how are you keeping your team injury free and fresh, you know, and, and anyone who's a competitor, especially a coach, I think buys into that. Oh shoot. Like if, if we can get an edge somewhere, um, and if I can help these kids stay on the court and not on the bench, you know, that was a a major kind of thing for us to realize that, okay, you have to start reaching out to these teams or, or these people training for an event. Mm. Um, and then, you know, this past January we had, we, it was awesome. We had pretty much every basketball team from the, you know, four high schools coming in in groups because their, their lineups were crazy. So that was one of those. Okay, cool. This is how we're going to do this next year. It's, it seems like there's like a very cyclical, natural market with the seasons of sports. Yes. It's kind of filling in those, those gaps. You yes. know what I mean? Those little pieces of, okay, um, this is an asset. So we get a little bit creative here as right. far as who are reaching out to, 
what's next, what events are going on and how, right. how can we bring them in and show them the value of what we provide. Right. And even, you know, even the time of doing that. And it's funny because you might get into a month where the beginning might be slow, but if the back end is bananas, Hey, it mm. all washes out. It's all within that month, right? It's all within paying those bills and that revenue sure. and all of that kind of stuff. So you realize, Hey, if there is a slow day or a slow week, it is not the end of the world. Mm. Yeah. And I think also the understanding that every business has that, you know, every mm. business is going to have some weeks that are better than others. Yeah. So you can't live and die by the numbers that week because there's always next week, which right. might blow any time right. that you've done so far out of the water. So right, right. it's you always gotta... good to just be, you know, to keep that even keel. You know what I mean? Yes. Because not, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Yeah. Put the pride st- away. Yeah, exactly. Put the pride away because, you know, anyone on the outside doesn't know it's there. You mentioned the idea of in your expansion to this new place, mm-hmm. one thing you wanted to get was showers. Yes. That's cool because it's something that you learned from your business process. Yeah. We realized that this is a, a need. We don't want dirty hot tubs. We don't want people to feel comfortable so they can shower if they, if they want to after they use something. Right. Um, so that's kind of just an organic development that happened. How do you decide to integrate new things? Like if there's a new new tech stuff that comes out, mm-hmm. you kind of already mentioned some of your um, thoughts on cryo stuff, but right. when at what point do you decide to introduce something? Yeah, it it for me, it's if the science backs it, if it's new and it's something that I can utilize within what I know, it's definitely on the table. Hmm. Uh, of course there's money that comes involved too. So is it fitting into our budget? You know, is it, is there going to be a return on investment? Right. If I bring this in, is this going to be something that people want to use? Not just, Hey, listen, I know they need it. Right. Uh, I think those things kind of come into it. And I, I do think in the recovery world right now, it it's about to erupt because you do see a bunch of cool stuff coming out. So I think that will be something that like, you know, you just like anything, this is, this is my profession. So you got to keep on top and you have to really do your research. Uh, so, but yeah, those are probably the things that I look at the most is, Hey, how am I going to utilize it? Are people going to utilize it? And are we, are we going to get a return on investment, which is pretty important. Yeah, it is important. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's all, it's all, it's all fun. You can just buy as much stuff as you want, but you know, at the end of the day, it is also a business. It is a business. It is. And you know, as much, there's a couple of things I think if I, you know, had a million dollars to just throw into it that I would do. Um, but eventually, you know, you'll get there. It's, it's baby steps. How would you, I mean, you seem like a pretty positive person. How would you say that impacts business ownership? Uh, yeah, I think maybe from the standpoint is, cause I feel like, you know, if you're somebody who's kind of negative, you can kind of get in one of these downward spirals. So if you have like a couple of bad weeks in a row, sure. it can be really overwhelming. Right. But if you kind of have that mindset of, Hey, you know, this is kind of how it is, it's going to ebb and flow. So do you, I mean, it seems to me that's, that's a big advantage It is for I, any business owner who's in that shoes. But I think it's easier, right? It's almost easier to be a little bit more positive. And, and if you believe in something, right, you, you know, in the back of your head, you get that, that little gut feeling, you got to hmm. stick to it. And, and those days where you're like, Hey, listen, I don't know where I'm going with it. It's easier to go back to that original, you know, positivity and excitement rather than to go the other way. Cause if you go to the other way, there's no creativity coming out of that, you know? Sure. Sure. Uh, and I think, you know, being an athlete my whole life, right. Everyone who's an athlete can understand you've been in a hole before. Sure. You're going to stay in the hole. Or you're going to get out of it. Yeah. No, <laughs> you got to get out of it. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Um, so 
Are there any areas of tech that do excite you in this area? You mentioned that there's a bunch coming up. Mm -hmm. Are there any that you're like, whoa, like that could be revolutionary. It seems to be backed by, by science. Yeah. I really, if, if God willing, we can be able to put that in at some point, but what are those things that right. you see? Yeah, no, it's at, there's one, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I I can't remember the exact name to it, but it's Hyperace makes it right now. So it is a, a device that you put on and it goes from like 104 degrees down to 50 degrees within seconds. So you mm. get that contrast, you know, aspect, but portable. Mm. And I think that's kind of really cool. And, and to be able to have the technology to do that. Right. Cause those are really extreme temperatures on either side of it. Uh, you know, it, and it was an athlete who came up with it, who turned into an engineer and he said, Hey, listen, I remember the contrast bath. I loved it, but you can't do it as an adult getting onto the ice. He doesn't have access. So how does mm. he make it more accessible? I think once they refine that product, mm. that's going to be really cool. And do you see that as being something that will be used, um, in, in shops like yours and at people's homes? Like yeah, that, I do. The- I do. I, I think you'll see it definitely on the professional sidelines, if not the division one sidelines, um, even, you know, game ready is coming out with not as, you know, portable, but something where it's, you know, hot water in followed by ice water, hmm. because it is a valuable thing. We're understanding sure. that eating that lymphatic system and getting new blood into an area helps recovery. Yeah. Those are the things that I, you know, I definitely would hope to have in our studio once it's, I'm a believer in, Hey, the new product, let's see how it works before taking it on ourselves. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping well for it. And I, yeah, I would love to have it in body lab, both of those things for sure. Um, what do you, what do you see as far as if at all competition in the space? Do you, do you see much of that or is it kind of um, I guess blue water right now, as far as yeah, this type of service for a, um, a retail client walking in. Yeah, I think there is. Um, it's funny. Right before we were uh, we opened up, there was someone that was very similar to. We have kind of steps to what we are thinking we're going to do with our business, right? So we have Plan A, B, C as as this works, um, and we had a ginormous competitor open up and there's only one in, in New Jersey and it happens to be in Marlton. Oh, wow. Um, but we realize we're different, you mm. know, it's more of a spa than I call us a little gritty. We're like an athletic spa <laughs> where, sure, yeah. you know, we're, we're there just to get you feeling good, but not do all of the fluffy pampering. And- yeah, exactly. So in that regards, maybe that would be the closest thing to us. Um, I think you'll see different aspects of like some physical therapist trying to get into it as well, but I can't knock that either because, Hey, you're just trying to better your patients. And, and, you know, I, I support anyone trying to get into it because it just means everyone else is going to feel good. Yeah. So is, is there any, I'm kind of curious about this. Is there any integration with insurance at all in anything you guys do, or is there not? No, we're, we're not insurance based. We're flirting with the idea of kind of integrating like FSA, HSA. Mm. um, accounts in, but we try to stay away from that to start off with just because insurance now I'm going to get on my soapbox, but you know, they get to control what doctors who know way more know how to do. So even talking to physical therapists that I'm friendly in the area, and maybe you tore your ACL, but you only get six months of rehab and then you're out. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, could we go that route and maybe make a little bit more money? Absolutely. But I also don't want to tell anyone telling me, you know, Hey, this is, I can't come anymore because of sure. You know, so there's a little bit of that. Have we thought of it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think given, um, some of the price points that you talked about, I mean, I think it's kind of a no brainer and I, I wouldn't even, 
explore that. I mean, you, you can explore it, but I, I think it makes, I think it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you, you have so much more freedom to do what you're doing now. Yeah. And I think your client base, you want them to come to you because they want to come to you, not just because, Hey, I, this charge is paying for it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And that's exactly it. Now we have thought about going like the corporate route, mm. you know, where insurances will give incentives to, Hey, if you have, if you do this, that, and the other thing, we'll give you like a little bit back on what your price point is. So we're thinking about going into that aspect just because, but not maybe controlled by the insurance, but maybe the, the wellness instructor who is in, in, you know, involved with corporate wellness. You know, you know what the biggest thing for me that sticks out about this is it's the, the back end and trying to, it just seems like overly complicated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now I have to interface with these insurance carriers oh. and, and chase, you know, it just seems like something that you wouldn't want to be involved in. No. And it, when I was at Ryder, um, with athletic training, we, we basically had someone that that was mainly their job was to deal with insurance companies. And it was bananas that we would have an orthopedic surgeon that says, Hey, listen, this guy needs the shot north of this shot, which back then was like a little bit more experimental and an insurance company saying, no, Hmm. sorry, you have to do 10 things that we know won't work before we'll approve you for it. And that's bananas. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I think, I think the fee for service model is, is a great fee. Thank you. So it's, 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 a, it's a great thing. I mean, it, it's, it's so simple. People can wrap their head around it. There's no middleman. It's not like, okay, well it costs $150 with insurance and now it's discounted you know what I mean? down to right. 20 bucks. You know right. what I mean? It's right. It's just, it seems like my dad, for example, he had a, a surgery years back mm-hmm. and it would have probably cost a lot of money, but because it was just with some doctor who was fee for service. He's like, listen, I don't deal with any insurance carriers at all. Yeah. You just come here and you pay for what it is. And it's, and it's like a 10th of the cost. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think you'll find those doctors maybe care a little bit more too. Yeah. Right. Like obviously they believe in what they're doing. They're probably really good at what they're doing. So, Hey, I'm going to cut someone out because I know you would prevent this person from getting my care. I think that's really cool. Yeah, no, I I think it's great. I I like, I like the model. I think it's good. I think the price point's good. I think it's a need that's there that kind of bridges that gap between the individual needing assistance, but not necessarily wanting or needing to go to a physician to ask them what they should do. Right. You know what I mean? It's that great middle ground. Yeah. Really is. We're trying to make it a little bit easier, a little bit more accessible. And then we want people to learn about their bodies because guess what? We live in them for the rest of our lives. So <laughs> you better start somewhere. <laughs> That's always blown my mind is that, you know, we live in these bodies all the time and how little we mm. know about it, like intrinsically, you know what I mean? It's just like, right. It is. It's crazy. And I kind of take that for granted coming up from my upbringing. My mom's a dietitian. I have always been an athlete. I took on this athletic training role, which is, that's basically what I, what I do. And I forget that not everyone came on my journey with me and doesn't know. So when I have someone step in and they're like, Hey, I'm totally lost. And I start explaining things. I'm like, Oh, okay. So even though I think this is very simple, you might not, this might be right. brand new to you, which I love. Cause it's like, Ooh, light bulb goes off mind blown. And it's really cool to kind of educate. Yeah, I agree. I, um, and I played basketball in high school, college, and cool. so, so, so I've seen the inner workings of some of these training rooms. Oh my gosh. But yeah. like, you're, you're right. Some of the stuff that you learn just by stumbling along the way, Yes. as far as body maintenance, as far as icing, ice baths, heating, all that stuff. Right. It's just, it's second nature, but the average person you have to realize doesn't know that no. or how it works or even the basics of what, where they should turn next. Right. Right. And you'll even find athletes that because they were never injured or never really felt sore or whatever have you, unless you're mm. in like an athletic training room or you have something you're dealing with, 
you're like, okay, well, I didn't even know that was a thing, you know? Mm. So that's cool for you. College athlete. That's hey, awesome. no, Basketball. No, that's, Hey, that, that, those are my people. <laughs> Do you work with all sports? All sports, but my last eight years with a, was with a men's D1 basketball team. Gotcha. Where? Ryder University. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So I travel with them everywhere and basketball is my thing. And what would you, I mean, I guess, would you say that the injuries or the preparation, how does that differ between sports? Yeah. Well, so right at men's basketball, and I can say this because I work with them. They were high maintenance because they were the sport. We didn't have football, <laughs> right? So they, you know, the preparation was they lived in the gym. They lived in the athletic training room. You know, they were, they were the most dedicated athletes, but, uh, yeah, they would be able, they would come in an hour before practice to get ready with me, hmm. do all the stuff that we do in body lab. They had access to, they would go ahead and do their two hour practice. And then an hour after they could come in and do the same thing to take care of their bodies. So they had at least two hours and then throughout the day, they could come in whenever they wanted to do their rehab and all of that kind of stuff. So that's kind of, that's what they get. You know, that's what it takes to, to stay on the court and be elite, you know? Yeah. Um, so you've, you've been on this big journey for a while now mm -hmm. of, you know, doing athletic training in college, learning all about it, working with teams, doing the rotations, finally deciding to, to make that leap where mm -hmm. you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it and do it full time. Um, is there any piece of advice that you would give to somebody who might have done that? So say they're, they learned something in college might've worked for a corporation, but now they want to take that and do something on their own with that. What's, what's the, the most valuable piece of advice that you would give to somebody in, in those shoes? Sure. I would say, do your research and surround yourself with good people. Hmm. So I wouldn't have even been able to, you know, act on this idea. If I didn't have the people around the area helping me out, I asked questions to local businesses. Hmm. I asked questions to friends who happen to be, you know, lawyers in commercial real estate, all of that kind of stuff. Ask the questions, surround yourself with people who want to help you. And I think what people like someone like me, if someone came to me and said, Hey, listen, I'm opening up a business. I would love to help because that was passed down to me. Hmm. You know, I I've been there. I'm newer to there. So it's just find the people that want to help you out. And I'll, you'll see like a lot of people do want to help. Hmm. So no, that's, that's good. My biggest that's good. I think, I think, I think, I think it's a great niche. I really do. I, and as, as you go on, I'm guessing you feel more and more secure and yes, this is, this is really needed. In yes. I, I think honestly, if I have to, I, and I'm, I'm going to say it anyway, cause I'm, I just recently, I felt really good about this. So we opened up during COVID. So it's mm. one of those things where it's kind of hard to test, you know what I mean? It is. It's every, every, every month is a new month because we didn't know what normal was before. Sure. So th this, I think maybe winter, no, maybe fall, even fall was a little weird, but maybe this winter on has been like a cool benchmark for us that, okay, this is how it was supposed to be. This is what I knew it was going to be. It just took us a little longer to, sure. to kind of be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I typically like to do a, a quick question round at this point. We'll okay. kind of jump through a, a couple of things real quick. Um, it's nothing it super crazy, okay. but, um, so Jackie, what is the coolest thing that you've seen lately? Could be in your field, outside of your field, but what's the coolest thing? Oh no. Okay. Um, coolest thing I've seen lately. Oh gosh. Wait, can we skip and come back to this one? Yeah, we can come back. Oh, geez. <laughs> that was fine. So this is actually, this should be pretty good because I think you'll have an immediate answer to this one. Um, every business kind of has tools. What tools um, they work with are great and you couldn't live without? I would think I 
couldn't live without a foam roller. I love that. Like, that's like one of my like things. Um, obviously my hands are huge too, because this is where I figure out a lot of things. And I love, I love the ice bath. I don't Mm. know if we would function without an ice bath, which if you told me that when I opened up, I would think you're crazy. (laughs) Really? Um, that's our top thing is the ice bath. Awesome. I couldn't get my athletes in it. And huh. now people are paying to come into it. So it is it's so twisted, it's a good change but I of love events. it. Yes, it's great. Um, and then how about on the, the business side? Are there any like tools that you use as far as like, um, you know, payments or keeping things in order that really help you on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I think from the creative standpoint, the marketing is Canva. I don't know if oh, you've yeah. heard of it before. I use it all the time. Yeah, how easy is it just it's, to kind of create something real quick and throw it out there? I would be lost about it. Uh, I, I know that TikTok. Mm. I, I know people are against it because it's a social media thing, but as far as creativity goes, it's really easy for someone like me who has to create a video to show you, Hey, listen, this is how you stretch this super friendly. Have you been able to link, um, you know, business performance to any of these marketing specifically? It's funny. Yeah. And that's coming from my side where I wasn't a business person. Now I'm so business minded. There are certain times in the day where you release a video and it's, that's where you're going to get the most views and get to Hmm. the most audience. And, you know, depending on what you're looking for. Yeah. It's something you find. And then you can see the inside on the back end of, Hey, this was successful or this was, this was a crash and burn incident. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure as like any business owners, you're going to have some of both. You know oh, I mean? yes, you are. <laughs> um, what are the, the most transformational changes that you're looking to make maybe personally and professionally over the next 90 days? Uh, I would say we're looking at structuring things differently, some of our packages. So I think that might be one of the biggest things that I have to sit down and really look at and and decide, Hey, what are we going to do going forward? And, um, we're, we're going to hire people. Mm. So for me, that is a scary thing, but an exciting thing. We might actually have to jump back into that because that's really interesting because, um, employees are a big piece of growth because especially, especially in your industry, because it's not like a software company where, you know, you and your husband can kind of just be there and just kind of grow and you guys can still man the boat. Yeah. People have to, you need more space for physical bodies as you grow yes. and need people to manage that stuff. Right. Right. And it's something that I think I've struggled with, even, you know, on the athletic training side, I've had interns, but I never mm. want to tell someone, this is how you should do it. I don't mind showing you and instructing you and educating you, mm. but I think that's like the biggest, like, okay, I'm going to be a boss. Like, then, mm. you know, I don't know if I'm going to be doing it right. And, and I know there's not a right or wrong way to do it, but I just want to be good at it. What, what does that make you feel like emotionally? What does that make? How does that make you feel inside? Nervous. Mm. It's a, it's a nervous, it's an excitement too, because obviously I, I would like to have a partner in crime, a couple partners in crime. And that's kind of how I look at it. Like, mm. Hey, like when it's so, what could we be doing? What's your idea? And hopefully you have the same passion and we can figure this out together. Yeah. Like that part to me is like super exciting. Cool. That's awesome. I, I'm interested because, you know, I've had people on this podcast who have a lot of employees. Some have one, some have two, some have 10, you know, mm-hmm. but it's really cool seeing someone who's about to take that step mm-hmm. and just, just, just to kind of get a, a read on what does that feel like? Yeah. What does it feel like? It I'm is. sure it's a little bit apprehensive. I'm sure it's like, you're kind of thinking, things could go really great or things could, you know, maybe I don't have a great employee or one of them. You know what I mean? Right. It's one, and right. so that's the scariest thing. Like your, your mind's like whirling and then what if yeah. I have to fire somebody? You know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, I know like that. Those are the things that you think about It's And I'm one of those people. I want everyone to be comfortable, hmm. you know? So, you know, if I have an employee, I, I want you to be comfortable. I want, you know, I want you to be in it, but realistically that might not be the case. <laughs> and then I'm like, right. oh, shoot, then what do you do? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's like you're, uh, 
your natural personality is struggling with this business mindset of, oh my hey, listen, I, I've given you, you know, a couple of warnings. You're not living up to it. So I, you know what I mean? It I, gives I, me the heebie-jeebies just thinking <laughs> about that scenario you just told me about. So, <laughs> so yes, everyone who works for me, please just love it. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that people? Um, okay. And then um, any habits that you have that you would say really help to grease the wheels. They make things easier. They help you kind of get some, some peace, some solace. What are those habits that you might do on a daily basis, either in the business or out of the business that affect the business? Yeah. I think first and foremost is taking care of yourself. So, you know, whether it be, you know, I work out, I eat healthy, I sleep, (laughs) I am a sleeper. So even if anyone knows me, if I don't sleep, you know, because Mm. I get a little cranky. Um, so I think those are the big things and, and in body lab, I think it's kind of giving yourself a little grace. And I, I tell this to my clients all the time. You have to give yourself grace. Nothing that's going to be perfect. Um, organized chaos is kind of how I operate where mm. I might have a plan and I might write it down and it looks nice. And then I go out throughout the day and I didn't even look at that plan and none of those things got done. Right. Um, so that's, it's, it's organized chaos and giving grace is probably how I operate day to day. I know that doesn't sound really good for a business owner. No, <laughs> it's, together, it sounds, but... no, no, it sounds great. It really does. I think there's, there's gotta be some flexibility. Like mm-hmm. I think people sometimes on the outside think that, you know, business is this hard nosed thing. And in some ways you kind of have to stick to your guns, but in other ways it's very just open. And you realize how much abundance is out there. Right. You know, there's a lot of help to be given, a lot of help to be received by people. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's what business is. It's an exchange of services and goods for, um, for payment or, or other services. And it's, it's all about really giving in abundance. That's really what it's about. Right. And that's it. And I, you know, Joe from Harvest gave me this great tip when I was first opening, he said, Hey, I treat everyone who comes in here, whether you're buying the smallest cup of coffee or pounds of coffee as, as the same, because hmm. you never know what's going to come of it. Um, and I think that's kind of how I go throughout life with treating people too. And, hmm. and when people come in, you know, day to day, I don't know who I'm going to see or who I'm going to meet, sure. um, but I I'm interested. And I think that's probably a huge thing of my day-to-day operations. I'm generally interested in you coming in. What's your story and how did you get here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're going to circle back to what's the coolest thing you've seen oh, lately. It doesn't, okay. it doesn't have to be in work. It could be anything. It could be like, wait, oh. can I say stranger things? Cause yeah. I, just I was, was going to say that. Yeah. It, it was great. Wasn't it? <laughs> oh my gosh. I want more. We, I sit down at night and I'm like, I just want to watch stranger things. Well, you're going to get two more episodes in, um, in July. I know, but that's not soon enough. <laughs> well, well, it's not, but there is, uh, the first one's going to be an hour and a half. Yeah. I'm down with that. And the next one's going to be two and a half hours. I love that. I loved even like the, the previous, you know, little, I love the hour and a half. I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm never, I, I sleep. Some of them fall asleep. No way. I was dialed into all of them. I honestly think, and I'm a pretty hard critic on a lot of shows. It's probably in my top five of all time. Oh my gosh. I, I would agree. And what, okay. What do you think about this season versus all the other seasons? Uh, my first word I would say is it seems a lot more, um, I guess scary would be the word. Yeah. Now, are you a horror film person or no? Uh, yes and no. Like, I don't mind. It's not like I, I'm a horror junkie, but I, I like them. Mm-hmm. But I also like when there's, it has to have good plot and character development. Like if there's not, I, I just kind of lose interest if it's just kind of like these. Gore. These, right. Yeah. I want like plot and good character development. That's what really does it for me. I agree. And I think like this stranger things, like the first episode, I'm like, oh my gosh this reminds me of Freddy Krueger. Mm. I'm like, are they copying? Like, this is ridiculous. And then I realized they're paying like homage to all the, all the movies I grew up on. Mm. You know, there's Carrie in it. There's, there's a little bit of like, um, 
a little bit of it vibe to the house. Like I did, there's just like, yeah, so many yeah, things yeah, that you're yeah. like, this is really cool. I'm in. Yeah. It's, it's great. I mean, honestly, I I've said this, um, my fiance said this too, but I think the, the ending of the season, like where it ended, I, I would have been pretty pleased if it just ended right there. True. true. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm excited for more. So. Yes. Yes. I'm there. So season five. So at least we know, I know. it's not Jeez. stopping. Yeah. That's great to hear. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. This is awesome. I, I really appreciate it. I had an awesome time. Um, but you know, you guys are just down the street, but I want to give you the next 30 seconds or so just to plug anything you want to plug, drop your handles and let people know where they can find you. Sure. Yeah. You could definitely find us at body lab NJ on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're bodylabnj.com on websites. Uh, you can give us a call 609-286-7280. You're always going to get me for right now. So you shoot me a call or a text, whatever kind of, um, information I can, I get you. Yeah. We're, we're here to help. So if you have sore muscles and you're sick of waking up, feeling like a train hits you, that's what body labs for. Cool. That sounds great. Thanks again for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you're not yet a subscriber, please go and hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and all major platforms. And you will get notifications whenever new episodes are posted. If you want to write to us, our email is leverageandbeverage at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at leverageandbeverage. I'm Greg Sobosinski, and you've been listening to Leverage and Beverage. As always, keep pushing forward one sip at a time.